Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to Chords and Vines. Baby, 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 you're listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines. Hey, good afternoon, Tom. Hello. It's Sunday. Baby, baby, baby. I, I have determined that I can party like a rock star. <laughs> yes. But I just can't recover like one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a... It's been a birthday weekend, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it's been a fun birthday weekend, and I'm a little slow today, so sorry. Well, it's not every day you turn 30. That's right, no. Twenty-nine. Plenty-nine. 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 <laughs> anyway, so, we just listened to a little snip of Baby, 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 with uh, which is our musical guest, Slow Traffic, Joe and Bernadette Mullinex. Yeah, I can't wait to share our, uh, the fun visit we had with them. And I I'm, I'm couldn't be happier that Joe is going to be coming back into the fold as a, an occasional co-host. Yeah, we're going to go over details here pretty soon. But they're playing today out at uh, Lorimore Winery. Nice. And so that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that. They're, they've got a quite a bit of uh, gigs coming up here. I know. That's great. We need to go out and, and see them. Yes, we I, do. I also think we need to talk a little bit about your uh, birthday dinner. My birthday dinner. Oh, that was Nathan. Yes. What, oh, what a great story that was. We went to Bolero at Europa Village, and our table wasn't quite ready, so we sat down at the bar, and we started chatting with the uh, bartender, I had my uh, green cap and I had my green plastic tie on, and you, you were uh, quite uh, green. appropriately d- green uh, for <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. And mentioned that it was your birthday and that we were out celebrating. And Cat, uh, as uh, is her wont, ordered bubbles. So she had her bubbles, and I was picking out a bottle of wine for the evening. And uh, I said, uh, is this going to go on our dinner check, or should I pay you now? And she said, oh. Nathaniel's taking care of this, right? What do you mean, Nathan? Nathan. Isn't it Nathan? I thought, well, it doesn't matter. Nathaniel, Nathan. <laughs> um, and so I said, who's that? And she pointed to a gentleman sitting at the corner of the bar, and he says, he's uh, taking care of your first round for you. And just the kindness of strangers. We'd never laid eyes on him, and uh, what a nice way to kick off that evening. And when we went inside for dinner, you told the waitress that uh, this was already, you know, covered. And she goes, oh, Nathan. I, I think it was Nathan, but anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Apparently he does that. This very nice gentleman, yeah. That he he said he likes to, you know. Pay uh, it forward. Pay it forward. So that's really nice. 
Um, Dinner was delicious. Oh, yes. You had uh, stinging nettle fettuccine. Mm-hmm. That was good. And I had um, sea bass. And could you get over how white that flesh was on the front? Oh. And with the artichokes and uh, mushrooms, we uh, were lucky enough to have Chef Hani step out of the kitchen. We had a nice visit with him, and he brought us his modern olives. Have you ever experienced oh, anything like that? those were like so that? good. I was trying to tell my daughter about them. And she said, why don't you just eat olives? I said, oh, that's too easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's old school. But he takes uh, olives, he uh, puts them in liquid nitrogen, freezes them, he grinds them up, he puts them through a couple of different chemical processes, and they come served to you in a, uh, I guess, a stainless steel spoon. And it's just, it's a a little glob that looks like an olive, but it's actually... It looks like an egg. Yeah, it's got that consistency. Only it's green like an olive. But he said each spoonful is the equivalent of six whole olives. And you put it in your mouth and it just kind of dissolves. It was so good. (laughs) Very concentrated and just, and it's going to be, it's not on the menu yet, but uh, it will be in uh, April 6th or uh, early April. So, And I started my birthday day with this beautiful uh, breakfast for my daughter. You did. She made huevos rancheros. She's the queen of huevos rancheros. And they were so good. And that also, nice traditional Irish dish. Yes, and uh, mimosas, another traditional Irish dish. And I commented on the photo. I said it looks just like the Irish flag. Yep. So I, w- I was drinking bubbles a lot on, on my birthday. Yep. They Luckily, say I wasn't driving. They say it's your birthday. They say it's your birthday. And then my son came out with his wife and my other and three. Carter. My other three grand boys. Yes, little Carter is three months old now. Oh, such a sweetheart. And I had Mexican food at Los Reyes. There you go. Another traditional Irish <laughs> dish. <laughs> and margaritas. So, happy birthday, Kat. So, we've got slow traffic coming up. We also had a fascinating uh, visit with uh, Kelly Brown. Kelly has published, I think, her fifth book now, and it's called Mindful Forgiveness. And uh, wasn't that, uh, she She brought a lot of really important things to, to mind about the art of forgiving and uh, it's it's something I think we could all use. I think so. I still have a few people I'm having a hard time forgiving, so I'm like, maybe I should read that book, or maybe I should yeah. just go on and continue hating them forever. <laughs> I, I think the former is a better <laughs> idea. And uh, next week we're going to visit with Robert Schuler from Melissa's Produce, and boy, do we have some fun things to uh, eat while we're talking with him. Oh, and we got the book on the... Uh, on the uh, uh, straw, straw bale gardening, yes. With uh, so he'll be uh, on the show with us, uh, I'm Joel anxious. Karsten. I've already priced. Uh, I'm going to pick up my bales, a couple of bales of straw this coming week. Good. It says it takes about two weeks to prep that. You straw. have to condition the straw, but Joel will tell you all about it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's in and his you don't book. have to weed. Yes, that's the thing. And what I like too is that straw holds water, so you don't have to water yep. nearly as much. And because um, we'll see out here when it gets to be 110, <laughs> how, how well that works. Yeah, but he, I'm going to try it. I'm going to take photos, and I'll post it up on our website or our Facebook page and show what I've been doing. Yeah. He, he emailed and said, well, enjoy your weather in the summer when it's sunny and in the 70s. I went, <laughs> not, not exactly. Quite. But, um, yeah, I'm getting my uh, garden together. Almost got a few things, you know, planter boxes and stuff Great. to be built. But I'm getting it together. But I'm anxious to try the uh, gardening with the uh, straw, straw bales. bales. 
Let's uh, check in with Joe and Bernadette, shall we, from Slow Traffic? Sure. Hey, Tom, guess who we've got on our show now? Uh, we've got Slow Traffic. Joe and Bernadette Mullinex. Hi, guys. Hey, hey how you doing? <laughs> uh, Joe, it is so good to hear you again, your voice again, because you were the original Chords and Vines with me, and uh, just love having you back on here right now. Love to be back. We'll have to look towards the future. Maybe we can do some more of our comedic adventure. <laughs> I, I would love nothing more. Uh, Joe, it's been far too long. I uh, miss you guys. Yeah, Aww. absolutely. But and I you see... caught us just coming out of hibernation. So well, we're wandering around the hillsides looking for our cubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see you got a lot of gigs coming up. Yeah, we're starting to... We're starting to book again. We we stopped around Thanksgiving, you know, before the holidays, and we had family to see. And then the weather was the weather's been uh, it's been great, but it hasn't been good for going out and playing. So, but it's good to have all the water that we're getting. No kidding. You know, you guys. It was funny when we first did Chords and Vines. I did the first show by myself because you two are off getting married. <laughs> Imagine that. Or some silly thing like that, right? <laughs> I, how could you do that on our first show? Seriously. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, we were thinking the other way around. How could you have your first show with Oh, well, there you go, Kat. Okay. Yeah. But you and I met through uh, Guy Tal. Yes. And I had been doing a lot of interviews on Guy's shows with artists that I was working with out here. And Guy said, why don't you do your own radio show? And I said, oh, no, I, I can't do that. I don't want to be committed to every week. And he said, no, you don't have to. I've got a friend named Joe who wants to do a show and he doesn't want to be committed each week, you know, as well. So the original deal was I was going to, we were going to alternate weeks and then the weeks or the months that had the odd number of weeks, we would do the show together. But we did the first show together and it was such a hit. We never did our own individual shows. We <laughs> stayed together. It was so good. Yeah, that was such a success that um, the rest is history. Of course it is. You know, you and Bernadette have such a, a great little love story, how you met years and years ago. You want to talk about that? I was 21 years old, and uh, a, a mutual friend of mine and Joe's uh, wanted me to come out here in, to California, and I kept saying no, and then something happened back east, another story, so I decided I'm going to go. And came out, and it was 1975, and that's when I met Joe, who did not want a girl in the band, but he changed his mind when we met. Hmm. So, fast forward to uh, 2009, uh, we hooked back up, and in 2013, we got married. And so you, you've got a ten-year, you've got a ten-year anniversary coming up. Yeah, we yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we should do a radio show on that. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> dedicate the whole show to you guys and all your music. So, but you better get recording. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, that's something we've been spending a lot of time working on our house. So we've got a, um, a studio we put together and it's, um, it's not real big. It's about 26 by 26 and then it has a sound room and we're, you know, in the process of putting carpet up on the walls and, you know, getting it soundproof. We've fixed the ceiling up. Um, we're putting the sound room together now. We've got a good board and we just purchased a, a TAC 3340 take recorder, which is what we used to use back in 1975. So we're going to record a bunch of songs on that. Um, which be a lot of fun because we're you know we like we like the digital world but we also like the world of you know the old tape records tape machines analog and 3340 back in its day was the state of the art you know home recording studio and a lot of demos a lot of great bands um you know use that so we're gonna we're gonna fire that baby up and record some songs on that too so we're looking forward to that that'll be a lot of fun Cat, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Road trip. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> get the truck ready. You know, once we get it set up, yeah, you guys can come on down here and we'll we'll do a show here. I would love that. That would, that be, would be a blast. That would be so yeah. much fun. We always had fun on the show. Bernadette, do you write as well as Joe, or is it all collaboration? Um, yeah, basically it's that Joe's, Joe's the, uh, he's the foundation and he, you know, we start, uh, slinging ideas at each other and, you know, kind of brainstorming and, and then he'll come up with the melody and that's basically how we do it. Sometimes we just, I just start singing something and, um, we'll write it down and, 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 uh, start from there and. You know, we collaborate, but he's basically, he's the songwriter. I know a lot of people these days with, with what's available uh, in uh, in phone technology, uh, they'll get something uh, and record it on their phone. I've heard of artists that have actually recorded albums uh, using the, the voice memo feature on their phone. Wow. Well, the two songs that we want to do tomorrow, we're going to record it on the phone. Uh -huh. um, I use my phone a lot. I've got just checked it the other day i've got like 1.3 gig devices of just ideas and songs and things that wow. i put down so we're we're anxious to get the studio the thing we want to do with the studio is not record finished products so much but you know to get it so it's good quality but to be able to come in when an idea is fresh and you know lay down a couple tracks and have the basic idea and then come back put harmonies on it and add some things to it so that we can have more of a finished song instead of just a you know one liner idea or something that's you know you come home and well hell I've written things in the car I'm writing <laughs> the car <laughs> and, and then record stuff so it's a matter of um, you know having a place where we can set it up we don't have to tear things down so we can just walk right in, sit right down, lay out the song, and, and then it's done, and then go ahead with our day. What's been your inspiration in your songwriting, Joe? 
<laughs> Aside from the love of your life. <laughs> well, of course. Um, you know, it, it varies sometimes. Uh, sometimes people ask me to write songs about certain things, and so I'll do that. Uh, you know, storytelling. Um, you know, if there's a good story, I like to put that together. In fact, the song Baby, Baby, Baby is it's kind of a dark story. But it's a guy that hid under his bed and caught his wife in a situation of infidelity. Uh-oh. That's what that song's about. Um, the, the challenge songs, like people, I walked into Bank of America one time and the tellers there all knew me. They asked me to write a song. They wanted me to write three songs about Bank of America. That was, <laughs> that was tough, but I actually got a couple good songs out of that. So I'll have to dig them out of the archives and redo them. They're interesting songs, but, um, sometimes the song is there and then sometimes it's the, um, you know, requires work, um, inspiration being mostly perspiration in those kind of situations. <clears throat> and then when we play live, one of the things we do is we'll, if, if there's a birthday in the crowd, for instance, we'll, we'll send someone out and we'll talk to friends, the person whose, whose birthday it is and have them make a sheet of, of bullet points. And we like to get ornery stuff that only they would know about their <laughs> about their friend whose birthday it is. And then we'll just make up a song on stage and sing it. Yeah, you're good at that. I've seen you do that. You're really good. So you know, and it's a lot it's a lot of fun, gets a lot of laughs, a little embarrassment and finger pointing. It's a lot of fun. It's it's good. Yeah, you did that for Braden's birthday a couple of years ago for his Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw you. You did that so well. Well, thank you. We get a lot of practice on that. So, you know, it's good for birthdays. And for, we had three wedding parties one time at a gig we were playing at a winery. So we had to write three, and we got them all up dancing at the same time. And <laughs> they start getting tipsy and wanting to sing. So it's... it's <laughs> a party on stage. There you go. <laughs> Now, do you two have any gigs lined up? Yes, we do. <clears throat> we posted them on uh, our Facebook page, the Slow Track Facebook page. And we've got like um, five coming up within these next two months. That's great. We'll have to do uh, a road trip. <laughs> road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do one at um, Lormar Loft and then Lormar Winery. Uh, great. We like playing both those places. We we've got a spot out in Palm Springs. It's uh, it's called the Willow, and it's a uh, it's a resort. I think it's a Marriott resort, and we've been playing there. That's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's interesting when you're playing for the public because we play like the Stagecoach Inn out in Nawanga. There's a you know regular crowd, and there's certain songs they like, so we have to learn songs that they like we try to keep with that I love that place uh, when we played out to Willow Inn there's a lot of timeshares so there's transient crowds so there you're mostly playing for the health in the bar because if they like what you're doing then everybody's happy so we <laughs> we kind of play for the 
you know, the people who work at the establishment or at the event. And at wineries, um, you know, a lot of the people that are out drinking wine these days are classic rock fans and, you know, they want some country, they want some old country and new country. So we tend to, we will adjust our song list depending on, the, you know, the venue we play. And so we're, our next step is going to be to try to find events or venues where we can do more of our original songs or songs that we rewrite. We, we re, repurpose a lot of songs. So, <laughs> so it's got our own sound to it. Got to know your audience, right? Oh, yeah. So, Bernadette. Yes. Uh, growing up, did you always think you wanted to, to join a band and be a singer? Or what did you think um, when you were growing up? How did it, how did it all hit you? Um, it, it was uh, since I could remember, I was always singing. I remember getting up in front of my first grade class and singing. Uh in fourth grade, there was a nun that I had for a teacher who was a guitar player, and I was just dumbfounded by her. She was so beautiful. And I don't know, I just always loved music. I even played trombone for a while and <laughs> <laughs> little horn instruments. And uh, it's just always something that I loved. And my mother used to walk around the house singing all the time. I think that's where I got it. I'd pay money to see a picture of Bernadette playing the trombone. I know. I was just thinking that, too. Oh, I was in fourth grade, and the thing was so heavy, and I was so little, I could hardly hold it up. So I just propped it up on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't end up playing the trombone, but I, I love tried. the image. That's something we have in common because my first instrument was my dad played trombone and he wanted me to play trombone. And it was the same. Trombone's a big instrument. It's heavy and you have to have a certain reach to get to the sixth position on the slide. And uh, so I gave that up. I wasn't the trombone guy either. So we, we were... We could have been the trombone twins. <laughs> it's, it's a very unforgiving <laughs> instrument, uh, isn't it? I, uh, a friend of mine was getting married right out of high school, and they're still married today. So um, we went to take her out for her uh, bachelorette party, and we went to this big nightclub, and I got up on stage and sang with a little help from my friends. And um, our Joe's mutual friend uh, 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 of mine, uh, Mike Hall, he he heard about it, and that's when I started getting into bands. <clears throat> and then uh, you know, then he in wanted fact, to... Bernadette, when she was in Steubenville and Wintersville in that area, Bob Treacy and Wild Cherry were wow. popular bands in that area and she got up and sang with them one night mm -hmm. and I think Mike also heard about that because you know word about that got around too so Bernadette's a fabulous singer oh. yes she is oh thank you she doesn't sing any bad notes so she can cover for me because I sing lots of bad notes <laughs> we still love you Joe well, you two compliment each other so well oh thank you Thank you. We hear that a lot. 
people seem to like that best because we we really love what we're doing and you know we love each other so yes you know a lot of times we're up on stage and we're just looking at each other and cracking jokes with ourselves and that's <laughs> contagious so that's a good thing well, I can't wait to see you guys again. You can't create or force chemistry, and I'm just so happy that the three of us, ha or the four of us, excuse me, the four of us, have that chemistry between us. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. You guys are so great. Yeah, Tom, you can't leave Cat out of this. No. <laughs> as hard as I try. No, that's what I love about you. <laughs> you know, one time I asked, um, you know, whenever you see us out in public, Cat always goes to Joe. And um, <clears throat> so I went over to Tom and I said to Tom, I said, why does Cat always go to Joe first instead of me? And, and he said, well, when you guys show up, I always go to you first. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Said, oh, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Bernadette. It was nothing okay. intentional. <laughs> No, it's okay. <laughs> well, we love you both. We love well, you I too. I want you to know we're uh, really happy that you've, you know, got your show going again. And Cat was telling me the other day it's, got, it's chords, vines, and dimes. Yep. And we're a podcast now. You can find us on virtually any podcast platform you want. Great. Yeah. This is iHeart iHeart, Pandora, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Well, I look forward to all of us getting together again here real soon. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And Joe, we'll talk about you uh, coming back on for a few shows or however. We'd be delighted. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We will definitely do that. And, you know, when we get some more, when we get some of these songs recorded in the demo, um, platform. I mean, the first thing you want to do is just have guitar, you know, and vocals. And, you know, that's the strawest form. And then we'll add, you know, if we need some percussion or drums or bass or something like that, we've got good, a lot of good people around here to call on to do that. So, wonderful. Thank you guys so much. We're really excited about your show and we'll, we'll be following you folks around as well. <laughs> Safely sleeping, my favorite girl and ringlets and curls. Peacefully rest, you've worked hard all this time. Wait for the ladies, fell for the guys. Ooh, my surprise. You say that you love me when you're with me, your eyes bright. Know that you need me Lost in a room of your musical moods Sipping on images, mind sell the blues Everyday verses and three little rhymes Composing your pages one day at a time Ooh, my surprise 
say that you love me when you're with me your eyes bright I know that you need me when the line you need me when the line you need me when the line You're safely sleeping, my favorite girl And ringlets and curls Peacefully rest, you've worked hard all this time Wait for the latest, but for the guys Ooh, my surprise You say that you love me When you're with me, your eyes bright Know that you need me. Ooh, Grendelan, you need me. Grendelan, you need me. Grendelan, you say that you love me. Grendelan. Slow traffic, which is uh, Joe Molinex and Bernadette. Molinex. Isn't that what I said? You said Joe Molinex and Bernadette. Molinex. Oh, there I didn't hear. Okay. So uh, they're just great friends. Um, Joe really sings beautifully, I think. They complement each other they so sure well. They sure do. And, uh, they're both very funny people. And they're at a gig right now or getting yeah, ready. At Lorimar. Yep. So after this show, we. If you're out there, go run over to Lorimar. You can probably right. catch them. And they'll be playing. They said it's posted mm-hmm. on their Facebook page, Slow Traffic Facebook page. Speaking of uh, Lorimar, I know that we're going to have Mark Manfield, who's the owner of Lorimar, on a future show. We haven't uh, pinned him down yet. I can't imagine how he prioritizes things. He had a choice between going to see Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks and being on our show and he chose Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. I don't get it. I don't either. Well, what was he thinking? I don't know. I, I, that would be a really tough one for me too. But yeah, maybe I would probably go for <laughs> Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. I'm still trying to picture the two of them together, but I'm sure that there are already uh, hundreds of videos posted of, of the show. Do you know that? Today is National Laugh Day. (laughs) (laughs) I do now. Each year, National Let's Laugh Day on March 19th reminds us to add a little humor to our day. Well, I think we try to do that every every day that we have one of these shows. It's, It's never good to be serious all the time, and letting the laughter bubble up from time to time is good for all of us. It is. And it's also, are you ready? We got all these nationals. Uh, also, today is National Certified Nurses Day, where you oh. celebrate the certified nurses who impact our lives. Boy, do they ever. I tell you, I work with a, with a few in, in being a caregiver. I work with and like i got to hand it to them. Yep. And also, National Backyard Day. There you go. Which is where I would be if I wasn't in here in the That's studio. That's right. 
you'll, you'll wind up there. I'll, oh, I know. I always work my way out there getting my garden ready. But our backyards have become our home away from home and uh, playgrounds and extension of our homes. Very much so. So March 19th, we celebrate National Backyard Day. And uh, also, this is another one of my favorites, National Chocolate Caramel Day. Ooh, yum. Great combination. It's celebrated each year on March 19th to enjoy chocolate and caramel in your favorite candy bar, ice cream, or dessert. So put a smile on most people's faces. Put a smile on mine. So we've got all sorts of, every day there's a national something. There really is. And there are multiple national something days every day. And it's also nat- National Poultry Day, and I'm not going to go much further than that because <laughs> I don't want to think about going out and eating a chicken or a turkey or something right now. Enough said. Yeah, I think I, I would, uh, I, people you know, get, uh, <laughs> people get uh, animals like that, you know, yes. chickens, and they raise them to, to slaughter them and stuff. I get so attached, I couldn't do that. <laughs> They'd become pets, I'd name them, and... Yeah. All of that. Well, so. Let's eat Henry. Oh, I had a mother. My my former mother in law did that. The first time I met her, she had this cow, and his name was Henry or something like that. And she had him in a tight pin. I guess you don't want to let him roam around too much because you want the meat to stay lean or something. Anyway, she called him over, and um, he comes over just like a you know good little puppy, and she grabs him. By the side of the head, and she goes, "Oh, you're going to be such good steak." And I went, <laughs> "Oh no!" <laughs> that reminds me, uh, my friends Nick and Cindy Palumbo, Palumbo Winery. Uh, they're absolutely farmers, and they had uh, two cows at one time named Ginger and Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> I'd had uh, surgery on my left quadricep, and Cindy was kind enough to bring me some food one night. And she said, "I brought you some meatloaf. I'm not sure whether this is Ginger or Marianne, but it was one of them." <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm. I mean, more. I couldn't do it, but I'm not knocking anybody that can. You know, it's just yeah. not not for me. Um. Do you also in this day, 1953. Are you ready for this? One? I'm ready. NBC presents the first televised Academy Awards. Televised in 1953. Wow. You want to make a, a guess of who the master of ceremonies was? Milton Berle. Bob Hope. Wow, I wasn't far off. Was no. I? <laughs> Uh, that was the 25th Oscars at the RKO Pantages Theater in Hollywood. Um, the Greatest Show on Earth, directed by C- Cecil B. DeMille, took home the Best Picture honors. Best Actor went to Gary Cooper for High Noon, and Best Actress went to Shirley Booth in Come Back, Little Sheba. Wow, High Noon, what a great movie. Should yes. we play the game of food? Or do you uh, want to go into our interview with uh, No, no, no. Kelly. Um, I was also going to say celebrated birthdays real quick. Okay. Wyatt Earp, uh-huh. <laughs> 1848. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody else really noteworthy. Besides, I have a lot of friends who have birthdays to do. Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley. 1894. Was, yep. Glenn Close, 1947. Wow. Bruce Willis, 1955. And I think that's about it. So, you want to go into our food? Sure. Pick a card, any card. Am I going to challenge you? You are. I don't know. Are you? Um, okay. Category is? Category is people and pop, pop culture. Okay. 
For the potato chip brand Lay's, the frying oil substitute Olestra was the zero-calorie darling of the 1990s until it was discovered to lead to this unfortunate side effect. A. Increased appetite. B. Allergic reactions. C. Chemical addiction. Or D. Explosive diarrhea. (laughs) D. Explosive diarrhea. You were right. (laughs) I remember hearing about that. (laughs) Not a pleasant side effect. That's a oops. You sound like voice of experience or something on that one. No comment. (laughs) Ingredients. Okay. It may look and cook like a green tomato, but the tomatillo is really a closer relative of this American crop. Is it A, a husk? Cherry, B, a gooseberry, C, a goji berry, or D, a jujube? A. Uh, I believe that's a correct answer. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Hey, Very. I got well it. Well done. Okay, one more for One you. more. Category. This one, category, regional dishes. Hoagies, heroes, and subs. Oh, my. Where in the United States do people call these elongated sandwiches grinders? A, New England, B, Pennsylvania, C, Pacific Northwest, and D, Texas. Pennsylvania. A, New England. I'll be darned. Okay, your final question comes in the cooking tools and techniques category. Oh, jeez. Which of these foods would you typically use a double boiler for? Pork shoulder, A, chocolate, B, C, pasta, or D, tomato sauce? B, chocolate. Ding, 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 ding. That was an easy one. You beat me today. <laughs> you won. I won? Yes. I didn't know we were we were having a contest. A friendly competition. Yes, well, that's fun. Um, one of my, my oldest grandson, who is 14, is going to come out and spend a week with me this summer. And uh, we're going to work in the kitchen. How fun. He's going to learn some sassy mamas. There you go. Well, we uh, were lucky enough to have uh, met Kelly Brown this week. What a neat lady. And uh, I, just, I just love the topic, the title of her book, Mindful Forgiveness. And we had, uh, I thought it was a great visit. And, uh, it was. I, I, I hope I learned a lot. Um, and uh, her books, you can buy at any place. Oh, yeah, it's everywhere. So that's a, Shall we get into the interview? Here's Kelly Brown. First of all, hello to both of you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled. Mindfulness and forgiveness are two really important concepts. And in order to open your heart to be forgiving to someone else, uh, it takes a lot of thought, right? Especially if someone has wronged you. And going through trauma myself over the last several years, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, this is a conscious choice you have to make in order to forgive someone or ask someone to forgive you. And it just fit in a way that was beyond my comprehension, really. And I just started writing it down. And, um, yeah, lo and behold, it became uh, something bigger than I ever dreamed of. So I'm really, really grateful to have this experience. If that all makes sense. It, yeah, it, it does, and I'm looking at your uh, chapter titles, but just briefly, um, in my own life, I know that it, it's tough when you apologize to someone and they don't, you just have to let it go, don't you? Right, so 
if someone has, um, if you've done something right, and I go into this in a lot of detail in the book, but if, if you've said you're sorry and they refuse to forgive you and they want to continue to hold a grudge, like, what do you do with that? What if, if it's a family member or a lover or a friend or whoever, a teacher or, you know, someone in your life that, you know, you don't really want to lose, you know, you have a, a choice. You've, you've given them your, your spirit of saying, gosh, I'm so sorry. And you mean it right. But that's, that's really important when you offer an apology is, is what is your spirit of intention? Are you throwing away your, are you, are you just saying, I'm sorry. Okay. Like just get over it. Or are you saying, gosh, I am so sorry. That was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And if that person doesn't choose to accept it, you know, you have, you have a choice. And, and so do they to either keep you in your life or, um, you know, them in your life or, or to walk away. And sometimes it's a very difficult relationship to walk away from. But if that person wants to hold a grudge, there's not a lot that you can do about it. There really and isn't. It's, yeah, it's, it can be devastating. I think one of the things you mentioned is it's so important not to say, I'm sorry, but <laughs> leave the pot out of it. It's just, I'm sorry. Exactly. If, like, if you're saying, um, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're the one that started the problem, you know, there's, there's a way, again, I go back to that spirit of intention, which is all about you know, that first chapter about being mindful. What is it that you want to achieve? Do you want to achieve healing in the relationship? Do you want it to be really resolved for the highest good of both of you? Or, you know, do you want to deflect blame? So, like, what what do you want? Right? Right. That's what's really, that's what's really core there. I so, sometimes we have people, I'm sorry, Sometimes we have people in our life that, you know, misbehave and we, we tolerate it and we look the other way um, for a number of reasons because it's family or you're married to them or whatever it is. Um, and their behavior is egregious, right? And we get to that moment of, of that evolution in our journey where we say, gosh, you know, I really can't look the other way anymore and I have to let you go. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult, but it's part of that voyage of our lives. I sound so prophetic right now. I don't know what to say. I'm like, what is he saying? No. (laughs) Like, what? You sound wonderful, Kelly. And I know Kat is going to want to ask you a few questions. But before I let you go, I want to ask you about the Japanese art of forest bathing. What in the world is that? That was my question. I I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, let's, you know, I'm so glad you you brought that up because I wish I had gone more into that. Um, There's so many, like, spiritual advisors that are like Julia Cameron, who wrote this incredible book called The Artist's Way, which I love. It changed my life. Amazing Um, book. Oh, yeah, hello. Especially if you're in the entertainment industry and, um, it just that's that book changed my life and made me start writing actually doing those morning pages and those artist dates and she talks about walking and you know meditation can be so many different things from prayer to walking to mute listening to music or you know chanting or yoga whatever speaks to you 
And um, my editor, Darcy, who I just love, said, Kelly, you know, you really need to include a, a chapter that is more thorough on mindfulness. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is a really good idea. And I, and I looked into all the walking, and when I saw the forest bathing, I remembered that um, I had heard about it. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend is from Japan, and so he's talked about the different rituals of Japanese culture, um, like the pottery that's shattered and brought back together with the, the golden um, glue there. That's also in the book. And so as, as I looked at this, I realized that as you walk into the forest without electronics and you envelop your all of your senses, your sense of sight, smell, sound, intuition, your sense of touch, it has a dramatic effect on the physical body, right? Because you're connecting uh, to, to nature. So um, I thought this was such an important um, thing to include because that right there is something simple that anyone can do. It doesn't have to be a forest, but a forest is so magical, right? Like, it's so incredible. It's, it's, it's got its own life source, you know, up in, in the uh, trees, its own ecosystems up at the tops of trees. But you could also do this at the beach, which is what I would do when I needed to go to a place where I needed to recover from whatever traumatic thing was happening around me. Um, and, you know, you are reconnecting to Mother Nature, to Earth, to Spirit, to whatever you believe in. And just that act of touching the sand or, or touching the earth or touching the trees, it has a restorative effect. And as the Japanese um, researchers proved, um, that experience can reduce your cortisol levels in the body, which is, to me, astonishing. And can help you. So by doing that, right, it can help you live a happier, healthier life which is what we all want to do as prevent disease. So it sounds like, you know, a lot to say, oh, gosh, you know, if I just forgive um, my mother, then, you know, I'll be healthy and, and free of sickness and I won't get that disease or whatever. But think about it. Think about how you feel when you encounter somebody that makes you crazy, that makes you upset, or that moment that brought you to your knees, Right a wave comes over you and we have a tendency to disappear with um, other substances because we don't know how to get out of that feeling of trauma or anxiety. Does that make sense on how I'll well, bring it back to the both of you. Um, does that answer your question? It, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. And Kat, are you ready to take a yeah. forest bath? Yeah, I'd love to take a forest bath. <laughs> Did I take yeah. my, I can't bring my camera? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. The spirit of this book is that I found, I, when I went through trauma myself, I, I went, my daughter and I went to trauma therapy at UCLA. Um, and it was a experience that um, helped us in ways that I, I, I share in this book 
And, you know, when you go through an experience that takes you to your knees, life and death situations that are out of your control from death and cancer and loss and, you know, um, it's, it's shattering and you think that you simply can't go on. And some people take their lives as suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And a lot of the books that I saw on the market were um, like faith-based, right? To a specific religion or whatever, more specifically about someone who had an affair or whatever. And I thought there really needs to be something that speaks to everyone, every culture, because like we, we're all human beings and we all have aches and pains and tears and there's so much we can learn from each other, from other cultures and how they look at things. Like, again, like the forest waving or, you know, the Hawaiian culture and, or the, the prayers from Catholicism or Judaism and um, whatever speaks to you. I personally don't think that it should be. Um, I, I take from every religion that I feel is a beautiful gem of knowledge. And that's what I carry with me. I don't feel like I should be labeled or anyone should, should be specifically labeled. You know, um, forgiveness is something that we all have the right to. I, I'm looking at this one um, under chapter four, the releasing the stone, recycling negative energy back to the earth. Mm. That sounds mm. very, very interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, in my research, I um, discovered Desmond Tutu's book with his daughter, Mofu Tutu, called The Book of Forgiving. Mm -hmm. And it is a book that affected I'm gonna cry affected me so deeply because it is about how they forgave the, their murderers during um, apartheid in South Africa and you know while that subject matter won't speak to everyone um, it certainly spoke to me personally I'm gonna cry because um how do you forgive somebody that took your child's life it doesn't or get, killed your family? It doesn't yeah. get much more profound. It just doesn't. Yeah. Right, right. You know, when when you have experienced a brutal atrocity um, or, you know, someone who didn't care that injured your child or whatever it is, like, it's, it was, it's just like, and these are some of the things that I've gone through, um, you know, how do you move forward? Like, how do you not think about it every day? How do you find joy? And so Book of Forgiving was like transformative for me. So transformative that I reached out to Desmond Tutu's daughter, Mofu, and said, please, I would just love to, have, to include, you know, some highlights of your book in my book. And she also gave me the blessing that's on the, on the cover of the book, um, which is a, a quote from her. So she, they talked about in, the, in their book um, how, you know, if, if, if you were to walk, all right, if, if, you, if you took a stone and you were to carry it around all day long, let, let's say a five-pound stone, 
um, carry it around all day, everywhere you went. Uh, brush your teeth, go in the bathroom, in the shower, to work, uh, uh, to, to the store, everywhere you went. Who would know you were carrying that stone? Does the stone know, know like, h- how you feel about it? You know, uh, and, and the reality of that exercise, which I've also included in, in mindful forgiveness, is um, people don't care about about uh or and people don't see your aches and pains they don't see the burdens that you're carrying and so if you at the end of the day put down that stone you realize that like it it, it, in this journey you're choosing to carry it does that make sense like you're choosing to carry these these things and you know, while you can say, gosh, well, how can I stop thinking about the loss of a parent or, or this or that or this horrible thing that happened? I, I can't let it go. It's like you're not forgiving. You're not uh, saying by putting down the stone or, and putting down that burden that what they did to you or what happened wasn't egregious. They're not getting away with it either. Right? right? But you're choosing to disempower. You're mentally making that choice of saying, I'm not carrying this anymore because this is making me not feel good, it which is going to make you. me sick. It doesn't serve you. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you can take, like, I have literally taken a shell at the beach, written down the, the you know, uh, heartache that I was carrying or I wrote it on a stone in Arizona. They had there was a hotel that had stones in the in the foyer that you could write it down on it and and release it, throw it out into the uh, desert. You know, throw throw it to um God, throw it to Mother Nature, throw it out into the ocean where where the fishes can swim by it. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like it's like a physical act of release. In Catholicism, you can go to a priest. And tell and and give give him the uh, burden or whatever, you know. I, I don't feel I have to do that, but but you know, we we have to think about what's coloring our everyday life and what's and what is standing in the way of joy. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to uh, to get into the book because you have so many great. Uh, topics in there that I'd like to read about and we don't have time on okay, the show good. right now to go over them all but um, I, th- I think this is just fascinating so where can uh, our listeners find your book so it's up on Amazon it's across all platforms it's on a, it's on Barnes and Noble um, all the independent um, booksellers it's everywhere Target everywhere so oh, I think I think on Amazon it has next day delivery and yes all the reviews I would so appreciate if people would you know share give it give it to their friends um, you know you can even well anyway you know there's a lot of good things in there about um, you know writing a, a letter just to someone who's who's departed. There's so many levels of forgiveness in this book wow. that 
I really try to make it like, again, like gems of knowledge. So it's forgiveness is so many layers of an onion, right? Right. And so this is like all different levels of forgiveness across your life, yourself, your family members, you know, uh, romantic relationships, um, the, the schoolyard, you know, like I had some child and some, some classmate, like in the fourth grade, call me names. And I still think about it to this day. Like how do, you know what I'm saying? So I, I really tried to make it so that it's personal and universal. Kelly, thank so. you. Thank you so much. Not only for writing the book, but for for sharing it with us and sharing your time with Yay. us. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I, it's been a, a pleasure. I, I wish I could have talked to you more. Ah. I can <laughs> talk to you guys for hours. Well, we have your number. We know how to find you. <laughs> yes, you do. And I'll come down there one day to Temecula and, and uh, meet you at the wineries. Oh, we love would that. love that. Thanks, yes, Kelly. I would too. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Bye-bye. Another great show. We always have fun doing this, don't we? Yes. We didn't laugh enough. Today's National <laughs> Laugh. we got to laugh more. <laughs> and uh, you are, by the way, listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines, uh, which is now available on virtually every podcast platform I can think of. And if there's uh, one that you uh, 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 that's a favorite of yours and you can't find us, let me know, and we'll get it there. Definitely. We'll send you a personal link. And if you'd like to uh, email us, you can do that with... Uh, Hello at cvdradio.com. We don't want to be info or about it's hello. And I want to give a shout out too to my friend Michelle Morata and her show. Studio City Now. Yes, and, and she, it's on all the platforms as well. Wanted to thank uh, our friends at Quick Tech Simple Solutions. No problem too big or too small. Our friends Travis and his wife, Kristen. Nice, we, nice people. Very nice couple. We had uh, dinner with them at Bolero. So we went to Bolero twice in a week. And uh, they'll come to you. Uh, you can go to them uh, if you have any sort of a technical uh, issue. Uh, quick Tech Simple Solutions. It's qtssinc.com. And also at Bolero is our friend um, Buzz. Buzz Siler. You'll see his, his artwork all over artwork. the winery. And while we're uh, dining, I looked up to my left, your right, and saw the construction of, I think, uh, Vienza, which is the Italian uh, winery. There are three different wineries being built on that site. The Bolero is the Spanish winery, Vienza is the Italian, and then C'est La Vie will be the French winery. And it's going to be like a little European village with cobblestone streets and markets oh. and when oh, it's I all said it. and done. Yeah, it's a, the, the whole thing, Europa Village, it's supposed to be a village. It's going to be nice, really nice, beautiful out there. And we are going to have uh, the chef, Chef Hani, and, and uh, the winemaker, or actually the uh, director of public relations, Matt Rice, uh, will be our guests in, in the near future. We're going to be visiting Mount Palomar. We've got all sorts of things planned. And uh, Aftershock Brewery. Right. We're, we're not going to discriminate. We're going to have <laughs> beer, too. Yep. See our friend Thomas. I love Thomas. He's such a sweetheart. And... Um, there's something else I was going to say, and I can't remember now. It must be the wine we're drinking. Could be. We are I love drinking. That one. Uh, I belong to a total of one wine club, <laughs> and it's uh, Saint Amant, out of uh, Lodi, where uh, I recently went with our mutual friend Randy Mellinger, and this is the Speakeasy Red 
from uh, St. Amant, the Bootleg Society. And uh, they really have a very, very fine wines in Lodi. Beautiful tasting rooms and very reasonably priced wines. Let's do this again next week. What do you say? Yeah, we've got some good guests coming up uh, next week, Robert too. Schuler, mm-hmm. We've got Joel Karsten, the straw bale gardener. We've oh, got lots of, lots of wonderful things coming up. And with Robert Schuler, we're going to uh, taste some of the delicious fruits and stuff. Well, we had a little ugly fruit, didn't we, before the show? Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about miracle berries, uh, guava oh. paste. <laughs> that boy, have we got a story? We'll save that. We'll save that for our visit with Robert. We have a very funny story to tell you about miracle berries. That was funny. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Kat. See you next week. And we're going to end the show now with the, the baby, baby, with baby, baby, baby. baby. Coming home Wanna pick the good boys Kiss them high Kiss them low Baby, baby, baby I know how you're feeling Wanna tear the house down Bring it down Down, down I've been seeing Walls that closing in on me Spent the night on the floor This is what goes on downstairs Overheard your scheme, man How you're planning your next affair Wanna bring him to my bed I'm lying listening overhead Baby, baby, baby I hear you coming home You wanna pick the good boys Kiss them high, kiss them low Baby, baby, baby I know how you're feeling You wanna tear the house down Bring it down, down, down Wanna tear the house down, bring it down, down, down I've been seeing walls are closing in on me Spent the night on the floor Listen to what goes on downstairs I Stayed there in my hiding 
till I couldn't stand no more. Grab my knife, I cut your hair, it's lying on the floor. Baby, 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 I hear you coming home. You wanna pick the good boys, kiss them high, kiss them low. Baby, 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 well, I know how you're feeling. You wanna tear the house down, bring it down, down, down. Wanna tear the house down, bring it down, down, down You wanna tear the house down, bring it down, 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 down.